Get out. Get out, buddy. Hey. Hey, bud. You with me? Are we doing video? I. Uh, it's up to you if you want to. <laughs> I recorded. I recorded all. I got to figure out how to turn video back on. Hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. the pop. It's still an audio podcast. Now? Can you yeah. see me? I see you, bro. <laughs> all right. I can't see worth the shit. So, is that? Going blind. Yeah, I'm going bald. Me too. Yeah. So, uh, check out the here. I'll give the this, this view. Oh, nice. That is beautiful. I heard y'all got snow. Uh, I'm in Florida. No, not you. Not in Florida. You, uh, Birmingham did. I keep thinking you live in Birmingham. No. At the new house? Yeah. I'm going to have to go into a room. We have uh, uh, maintenance going on right now, though. Mm. We went to, uh, um, like we, we moved in our new house and living with the military that lifestyle of constantly moving and everything. Yeah. And because we decided to stay here in Colorado Springs, um, we don't have any family here. So like yeah. every single Christmas since Jace is born, he's six, just turned six. Every single Christmas or Thanksgiving since he's been born has not been spent at our house. It's always either in Alabama or on the other side of the mountains with mm -hmm. Kirsten's family. So this year, since we moved into our new house, we told everybody we're doing Thanksgiving and Christmas here. So like mom and my sister and niece, they came out for uh, Thanksgiving. So the house was full at Thanksgiving, but Christmas, there was nobody here. But we had to, right after that go, we promised them we'd come over to go skiing mm -hmm. for New Year's. So we went over for almost the whole week. Anyway, make a long story short, we get back and our hot water is not on. So oh. since we've gotten back, and the way it's it's these, uh, I say hot water heater, water heater. I know. <laughs> it's a southern thing, I guess. <laughs> so our water heater is dual, has two in series. Mm. So it's uh, one is working, the other is not. And their ring, familiar with the brand oh, yeah. ring? Oh, yeah. So the contractor that installed them that's still under warranty, he said that he's had a problem with this year's models or the past, the newest model that they have out over the past year or so. Mm -hmm. He's used them, this is what he said, for 15 years and has like had very few maintenance calls. But this particular model, he's already had like three for the same mm -hmm. issue. So. Sucks. Nevertheless, the showers are lukewarm because it mixes hot water from one tank with the cold water from the other. So oh, as man. hot as you want it, it's just lukewarm. <laughs> so I feel like I'm taking a field shower again. <laughs> 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 uh, 
just got to buck up and do it, man. Heard that. Yeah. So how were the holidays? They're good. How about you? How is, did you lose a dad but gain a grandchild, huh? It's kind of weird. I know, right? Well, we had some short-lived joy there for a minute. We thought we were going to have two, but uh, she miscarried. Uh, yeah, I've had that happen a few times. Have you? Yeah, yeah. I have seven kids, and out of those seven, there would have been ten, right? Shit. Three miscarried. I don't know if we would have continued having, but I'm just saying there are mm -hmm. three right. fetuses that miscarried. So. Right. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of a downer, but as long as, as long as my son and his fiance are good, yeah, we're okay. Yeah. I mean, it sucks, but it happens. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a part of life. So you like if you track? look at the if you look at the mortality rates of uh, infants, who was it I was reading about? Oh, Bach. Bach had I think twelve children, and only six of them survived to adulthood. Mm -hmm. He lost half his children, or maybe it was more than that. Maybe it was twenty four. I can't remember the numbers. Crazy though. But Bach lost like half his kids before, that didn't make it to adulthood. Jeez. All right, how do I? Is this? Your uh, did you say how I like your track? Yeah, what'd you think, man? You like it? That's pretty dope. So, how did you do that? I saw you were playing an electric guitar in one clip. Oh man, uh, it's it's all still synthesized. Um, all that guitar is, mm -hmm. yeah, that is insane. That sounds so like it sounds like a real guitar. Thank you. I just got a, a program, a plug in for an eight string guitar. It's called um, shreddage. Is it are the so when you uh, load the is it um, uh, how do you play it actually with the keyboard? One hand or is like, it loops? No, no loops. Uh, it's all it's all real time. But my left hand controls like the lower register, uh, like say B not through C1 would be um, articulation controls and different different keys control different things like say on the keyboard on the keyboard yeah you have a MIDI keyboard is yes. that what yes yeah so I got a MIDI keyboard not too long ago and I've been mm -hmm. playing around with it some of the like the on that song I sent you if you listen in the bass it's playing a clavichord those old clavichord that was called clavichord, mm -hmm. like on Sanford and Son, and that <laughs> that funky organ sound, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you listen real close to the bass in that, there's two bass lines. One is me playing the bass, and the other one is the playing through a MIDI keyboard. Hmm. So I'm trying to get more used to using it and stuff, but. Yeah. Dang, that sounds good. So on yours, you can uh, when you have that plug-in on. You can control like what notes you're playing with your right hand, but with your left hand, you're like articulating and everything, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. like bends and whammies and stuff. Upstrokes, downstrokes, sometimes. Um, oh, that's so complicated. You you can play guitar pretty good. Why don't you just use electric guitar? 
because that's a whole rig, and I'm not going to be satisfied with anything less than what I want. I want because you can, do you go in afterwards and manipulate the MIDI markings? Some, some, yeah, but not as much as as uh, as a lot of people would. A lot of it. Oh, I see. I manipulate. So you're using what program? Um, what DAW? Am I using Reason? Yeah, and Reason, and okay. Ableton, but mostly Reason. So Ableton, yeah. So your plugins are from Ableton? Actually, no. Uh, most of my plugins don't work in Ableton. So uh, that's that's the big selling point on Reason. That's why I pay twenty bucks a month for it, because most of oh. most of my stuff's compatible with Reason. So I, I started out with dolls with uh, GarageBand. Mm -hmm. That was my first ever, you know, time set for going from a four track. <laughs> to a mm -hmm. doll was going from like a Fostex four track to GarageBand. Mm -hmm. So I've always just been comfortable with the interface of Logic because it GarageBand. If you learn GarageBand, Logic is just like GarageBand on steroids, right? It has mm -hmm. like whereas in GarageBand you may not have the ability to use FlexaTime mm -hmm. mapping or Auto Tune type stuff. Yeah. But in Logic Pro, you know, it's like studio level stuff. Uh -huh. So um, when you have the library, you can look up in your library of loops and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. the, yeah. And so there's two kind in, in Logic. I don't know how it is with Reason, but there's a sound loop which is recorded and you can't really manipulate the, I mean, you can go in and change the entire recording up uh, like a minor second, a uh -huh. major third, uh -huh. Uh -huh. but the, it seems like some of them manipulate better than others, depending on what instrument was recorded. Yeah. But it also has in the library um, MIDI loops mm -hmm. and those you can, man, just, you know, change them out to any instrument you want. You can play with the yeah. MIDI. And when you go in to look at the actual notes, right, the MIDI mm -hmm. notes, yeah. it's on, you can look at it in two ways. You can look at it as the same way you would look at music, reading mm -hmm. music, mm -hmm. or you can look at it as a MIDI file on a grid with the mm -hmm. squares representing, you know, the different axes of time and pitch and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I like those MIDI ones because you can manipulate them more. Oh, so wow. like, let's say... I go into a MIDI synthesizer and I'm just going through the library of different ones. So this is, let's make it further afield. Like, so let's say it's a uh, Chinese, whatever instrument that they use, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's a MIDI file. Well, even if I like the melody, but don't like the instrumentation because it's not fitting in like a rock, you know, like a, I don't know what's the name of it, the Chinese violin thing. I used it on this, yeah, something like that, right? It has a very like distinct sound. Yeah, and, and uh, so I took that and used it, but I changed it to you know like a synthesizer playing the melody. Mm -hmm. Like, do you ever play around with that? And then Fuck let's say. That, how about the loop is only like this part that goes just plays it over and over in a loop, right? Mm -hmm. 
maybe I can piece four of those together and make the melody do something more creative, like that's what I want, right? Mm-hmm. But all I have is that loop that's very limited. I just go in and start changing it around or replay it on the keyboard to get it like I want. Mm-hmm. That's Is that what you kind of crap you're doing there? Yes, and some of the best results I've gotten yeah. has been when I've taken a MIDI a MIDI track, like a drum track, and put it yeah. in a piano. And just, really? Yes. Yes, it's, it's interesting. I've gotten some interesting uh, results that way. Is it melodic or is it? Yeah, or? It, well, it's it's forceful. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, especially if you could go in and learn how to change the keys. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, when you import a MIDI file to your track that you have existing, let's say. Oh, so, so like, let's say I start a brand new track from scratch. There's nothing on there. Mm-hmm. just one instrument and maybe it's my guitar maybe i'm playing through you know like effects that are my own effects or maybe i'm playing through the effects that's in apple or in you know logic mm-hmm. um or maybe i start out with a keyboard like a synthesizer so i'm using the midi keyboard and it's recording midi whatever the way right mm-hmm. the first thing i got to decide is what key am i going to be in and how many beats per minute the song is mm-hmm. going to be that kind of stuff. So let's say I choose, like the one I'm working on right now is in G major, which is on you. I don't like to work in major keys very much. I think minor keys are more interesting, you know, have more feeling in them. Okay, yeah. But especially the kind of feelings I'm going for, like, you mm. know. <laughs> Dismal, melancholy. Yeah, the kind of metal, kind of metal. Yeah. You know, grungy, kind of, I don't know, yeah. dim, dark you know, Viking kind of sounds, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but this particular one, I wanted to try G major just to see what kind of fun melodies I could come with, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, when you import the MIDI file, it might have been put in there in D minor, right? Mm -hmm. Or E minor, which is like, E minor would be the relative to G major, so it may not really alter that much. But if you take something that's like D minor and import it, it'll ask you, do you want to keep the notes as they are or do you want to fit it to the key? Mm. And I always choose, you know, fit it to the key to make mm. it transpose it to whatever key I'm in. Yeah. Do you do that? I mean, is yours, that yes. sounds similar? What oh, kind of yeah. Stuff? yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, I work with, uh, uh, well, it's kind of cheating to um i don't think it's cheating at all like think about this this is the way i think of music like today especially Mm -hmm. modern state of music if you go back 200 years before music was recorded um so like what what would that be 1820s right Mm -hmm. still all these major composers and it's a thing to go to the opera to a play to listen to a symphony perform right that's that's how you go out and enjoy music nobody has the ability to record it you can't listen to the same song over and over and over like we do right yeah you might hear uh orchestra replay a song that you heard years ago and be like oh man that's you know love that the first time i hear 
unless you can play it on your home guitar, piano, fiddle, you know, yourself. But even then, you're playing it over and over. You're not ever able to listen to it, right? Right. And so you think about what would composers such as Mozart and Beethoven and Bach from, you know, this era of just incredible music making what would they be doing using today and what kind of music would they be Mm. performing and stuff like that what would they think of like rock music Mm. or the distorted sound of electric music you know instruments what would they think of that i mean i don't know but like uh, the uh fifth symphony the famous dun 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 that's called the knock of doom right that they've named that it's just four notes dun 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 all he did was loop the shit out of that through that whole thing it changes key it changes tone it changes from different sections of the symphony but the whole thing is dun 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 even slows it down dun 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 so just playing with that loop I guarantee you Beethoven would be making some crazy ass like <laughs> he might be performing at a rave you don't yeah. know yeah so i don't see that as cheating as long as you're not just copying the loop and playing it exactly like it was you yeah know. the yeah. more you oh, that's a good point t- tweak it and fuck it up and stuff yeah the cooler it is you know like taking that piano or drum track and making it into piano that's creative right yeah I, uh, I didn't know you had a keyboard because uh, I've got quite the collection of plugins and I've got extra licenses on these if you if you're interested I can share yeah man that's like a whole nother world to get into is yeah, all it is. plugins and it stuff. Is. like do you don't know if I, I like I'm pretty happy with so like I can go in you know like the guy who sold me my amp my guitar amp mm-hmm. I got a little small I don't have a big guitar amp i have a little katana made mm-hmm. by boss and oh. you can put every effect uh, effect pe- effects pedal that boss makes on there but you just can't do it all at once right you mm-hmm. have to it's uh what do they call it wetware where you bluetooth to it and upload and download different effects to it okay uh, that's new to me but okay. i don't know I don't know what the term really you know is for, it. but anyway, you're basically you can uh, open up the software on your laptop, pull in effects pedals because you're like you're limited to like three reverbs, mm-hmm. three um, distortions, three choruses, yeah. three just random other effects like a flanger or a phaser or whatever. So you're you have a limited number of like I don't know what. It, for like 12 15 whatever Mm -hmm. effects pedals that you can actually use on it while you're playing yeah so but in their library you can pull from any of their effects digitally pull them in and tweak them so the guy who sold it to me he goes look man you gotta it depends on what you want to do if you want to uh, because what i told him was like i'm i'm happy with all the effects i can get in logic you know like synthetically or all you know artificially just plugging straight into my computer through just a port right Mm -hmm. and uh because i can go in and 
tweak them like I like them, especially on bass, man. I go in and tweak the hell out of basses because they have a limited amount of ones. They tend to focus more on guitar effects than bass, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, he's like, you can, you know, this is a good practice amp and you can get so many tones on this thing and you you can, working hard enough, get all the tones on, you, you know, just through logic. He goes, but, you know, why work for it when you can just do it easily? Mm-hmm. That was kind of his thing. So I tried it out. Um, like right now I'm playing through a Fender Stomp box of their, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, the I can't think of the name now. Uh, it's like Punisher or something like that. But it's okay. like two different distortion effects and you can blend them to get it. Like that track I sent you is both of them blended with pretty heavy grungy distortion mm-hmm. on it right and then i also have a pitch fork which is a pitch bender and you can set that thing so many ways it's kind of like to get those effects that uh with the uh the pedal the expression pedal mm-hmm. you're doing stuff like tom morello's doing right mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. crazy fast or like uh Dimebag Daryl with some of the, his solo stuff, yes. you know, that real fast yeah, yeah. kind of effect. But what's cool about it is you don't have to use the expression pedal. You can just automatically tune down. So, man, when I first got it, all I did was tune down a minor second. Like, you know how you have to retune to Kiss, Van Halen, uh, all the bands that tune down half a step, mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses. And it's yeah. such a pain in the ass to get your guitar, retune every single string, just down one half step, one half step yeah. just to jam along to some Van Halen, you know? Right. Well, this thing, you just touch the button and it automatically tunes it to half step down. Is there any latency? No, none. Really? That's the selling point on it, is it preserves the signal and it's no latency. Wow. It's, it's fantastic. Units I've had in the past that that I could do 100% pitch shifts with, or, you know, just mix the signal 100%. And, uh, yeah. And there'd be a, it may be an eighth of a second, but it was just enough to fuck up my my playing. Yeah, it's yeah. It, you, it's hard to listen to a monitor while you're playing if mm-hmm. it's doing that kind of crap. It's just yeah. impossible almost. So I've, uh, all right. I've, uh, been playing with that quite a bit because I love that. So, and the other thing is I've had, I've played through all the times my crybaby wah, which mm-hmm. I like to use that wah in certain parts of solos or, you know, it's always fun to play the wah pedal. Yeah. But, um, and then Logic does have some pretty sick guitar sounds. It's just a matter of getting there and tweaking, like you're talking about some of the, like, uh, not the latency so much as the what is it called where the how long the note lasts the sustain sustain yeah yeah mm-hmm. sometimes you have to tweak the sustain on some of that stuff because the signal i guess the way it's processing as soon as you quit playing it'll shut off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. unless you change that to where you know when you, when you can just stop playing and it'll hold a note yeah in the keyboard world there's a uh, what's called ADSR. <clears throat> it's attack, delay, sustain, and release. And de- attack, decay, sustain, and release. Decay, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, the decay, okay. yeah. And 
Yeah, so you yeah. can tweak that to where it doesn't, you know, just shut off the whatever the effects you have going mm-hmm. so suddenly. Yeah. Which is annoying, too. Oh, yeah. But you work your ADSR curve to get just the right uh, symmetry, I guess, of your sound that you want. And yeah, I, there's, man, there's so many tricks to recording. It's, it's mm-hmm. crazy, like. I was talking to a guy who was talking about taking your guitar and del- doubling the track and delaying the other one just a microsecond, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the time is to get that wave kind of pattern you're talking about. Yeah. I, I know nothing about that kind of stuff. It sounds good <laughs> to me. I don't hear those like little I, uh, that kind of minutia. Yeah, I, I, I learned a neat trick yesterday. Yesterday, I... Um, I took one, okay, backing up a little bit. I've got a, a recording label that's looking at some of my tracks. Oh, really? That's yeah. Pretty... They uh, they like my stuff. They just don't like my mastering. I'm like, okay. So like for 69 bucks, we'll master this track for you and we'll produce everything and promote you and whatnot. But first things first, we got to get this uh, suitable for for people to listen to because I don't know if, you, if you've heard my stuff uh, it's it's uh, it sounds like dynamite man uh, it's the volume levels the mixing is all off and now that I, I hear it for the fresh ear I it's pretty bad yeah when you compare it to another yeah so I've learned a little bit about mastering but man I don't go in there and do like the one thing is they maximize the amount of frequency headspace, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you want your bass only filling that maybe bottom two frequencies on the hertz scale, right? Yeah, yeah. The way that so you break up the entire spectrum of the song maybe across six little areas, smaller mm-hmm. areas, right? Mm-hmm. So, but they'll pull the mids out of the bass to fill up you know so they can put a nut, something else going on in the mids or like mm-hmm. they'll duck out the bass during bass drum drops mm-hmm. and stuff all these tricks it's a lot of work um yeah but logic it has a feature where it'll try to do it you know through ai mm-hmm. and i'm good enough with that i'm not selling it on itunes but i yeah. definitely hear the difference between when i listen to my stuff on the radio like if i have it on a playlist I might have to turn mine up just a little bit, turn it, you know, because I'm not maximizing that headspace through their, you know, I'm just letting the algorithm run. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's what I'm saying. So, like, my, my daughter's, do. my daughter's boyfriend, he's on a label and he does, uh, he's, he's a really talented guy, mm-hmm. music, like, he does, he actually performs at raves and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, he's way more onto the electronic spectrum. But he he does play guitar, and he's a pretty good guitarist, man. He's actually a pretty talented kid. Um, so he uh, we've had these conversations over the holidays about some of what he does and everything. He was the one telling me about how they duck out the bass when the bass drum drops, because for mm-hmm. like, especially with like techno type stuff, mm-hmm. you don't want it to sound muddy when the bass drum drops mm-hmm. when, where it's mudding out everything else yes. so they are they duck out 
And he has a plugin that does it for you. You know, it'll read the bass drum beats and duck out whatever's going on in the low frequencies. So mm-hmm. that sounds more like a, a good solid pop yeah. without all the muddiness of the bass necessarily. Right, right. And you really don't consciously hear it unless you're listening for it, right? Yeah. Well, but stuff, uh, and stuff he, he uses a lot of plugins when he does it to do some of that stuff for him, depending on what effect he's trying to get. But he does have to go in there and manually do some of the work himself. But like me, like, you know, I'm saying I don't I'm not selling my stuff. So I'm not sitting there trying to get all into that world because that's a whole nother thing is mastering. Well, it is. I mean, the stuff I've been producing for the past year, I, I realize I've been producing it for headphones because our new Jeep, I get in there, it's got a decent system on it. The first thing I notice is the bass. I've got a, I've got great bass lines that I've written, but they're so freaking overpowering that you can't, <laughs> you can't hear anything else except that. Really. Well, this is another thing he told me is your headphones and your speakers, your monitors, mm-hmm. they might have been factory built with a built-in type of uh, um, EQ. So you have to look for certain ones that have no EQ uh, promised in the sales pitch, really? right? They're specific yeah. ones, headphones with no EQ signal going through it and monitors with no EQ going through it. So what you're actually hearing coming out is true to what you're doing in your doll. Hmm. Interesting. That's yeah. A- so, and I like, that's another you know, thing to look at is uh, searching and doing some Googling about headphones with no built-in EQ or mm-hmm. studio monitors with no built-in EQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll definitely be looking for a pair of those. Because, yeah. And I have been using uh, AI mastering to to master my tracks. That's what I did. I subscribed to uh, uh, E-Mastered for 20 bucks a month. And um, and so you just watch lessons or basically it's like school? Mm-hmm. No, I upload my track and I let AI do all the work. Oh, that's what it is. It's a, it's yeah. a plug-in. Yeah. So I think there's several plug-ins. I mean, the AI is obviously getting more sophisticated. So it's just a matter of time, I think, until humans and uh, AI, just like recording now. There's, I mean, we're lamenting stuff like this, but think about when we were in high school, the level of what a person could do with, as far as recording and listening back to themselves. We were recording on a boombox in the basement and <laughs> with, <laughs> with a tiny mic that the boombox comes with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can make a professional album now at home, pretty much. You know? Yeah, I know, it's right? Crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. nuts. Back to my story. Um, so I got an AI mastering technique now that I'm using, and so I doubled my track. I, because since I'm limited, I'm using this laptop. I've only got so much RAM to work with. I'll. Um, like in the old days, you know, you ping your your tracks down to track one, so to free up tracks three through four, you know what I mean? And then you record bouncing, bounce. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. And uh, yeah. that's that's what I'm doing. It's just 
just bouncing down to one. And I doubled that track, one with a mastered track and one with a raw track. And that was interesting. That, that gave a... Yeah, that's... So um, another thing is, uh, are you using uh, the whole spectrum of your pan? Right? What do so you mean? like, are you... Okay, like, uh, let's say I have, I want to have, I know going into it, I want to have maybe two guitars, mm -hmm. two rhythm guitars, a bass line, and I want to try to put some synthesizer in there. Mm -hmm. Well, if you have all those center line, they're going to get over each other. Yeah. So not only in the frequency you're thinking, well, if the synthesizer is playing in a mid range, of course, the bass is going to be taking up low range. Maybe I'll have a guitar part that's filling them. I'll play higher melodies. Mm -hmm. So it fills out more of the spectrum. But also you pan maybe the guitar a little over to left mm -hmm. and the synthesizer a little over to right, uh, okay. le left and right yeah, on the yeah. screen here. <laughs> um then, may, then you get you can hear them more like that like you're hearing your synthesizers over you know one side of the room and you're maybe not completely panned 180 mm -hmm. but you know but the synthesizers are more over here the guitars are more over here the bass and drums are kind of in the center and yeah it, you know well i've got this one plug in it's pretty cool it's it's by a group called deer reality and mm -hmm. um and what it does is not only does it it allow you to take a track or an instrument or whatever track and rotate it 360 degrees. It'll also rot uh, gives you uh, your azimuth angle and your height adjustment and then your relative really? position. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's going to be easier for it to do though if you're panning in your main in your master tracks and then when you bounce it over to one track you preserve all that kind mm -hmm. of spatial locations yeah but man that's that's a huge thing that you can do to really add and then another thing to always remember is not have all the music the same volume throughout the whole track mm -hmm. or the same speed yeah so maybe like honestly man ozzy osbourne has perfected the song formula because almost every Aussie song has a slow breakdown in it, you know. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it may not be slow, but but relative to the rest of the song, it yeah. sticks out as a, a kind of a gearing down, you know. Right. And uh, I like that formula. So it's also having the the dynamics of how soft a part is and building up. So like, for example, the one song that I recorded not too long ago. It has the synth, it's a sound effect coming in, like a, a whoosh to a boom, you know, like shh, then the music mm -hmm. starts, that kind of thing. Yeah. It pans from back and forth from the song, you know, as it's coming in. So you can go in there and play with the panning on a, on a uh, wave. Yeah. And you can set it up to where, as it's going, it goes shh. And then when the song starts, it's dead center, you know? Oh, yeah. I got a but in your ears, that, when, when you're listening to it on headphones, you hear it go back and forth across you. Yeah, that's cool. I've got a program that does nothing but that. It's called Meteor, and it does nothing but whooshes, booms, wobbles, uh, hits, you know, cinematic. Yeah, that's, it really like is cinematic. Law and Order, yeah. you know, the Law and Order. Yep. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that kind of thing. and that, that all that stuff is, sounds really good when you add it into 
even you know like the rock song and you, you may not consciously hear it but if you start listening for that kind of stuff in music it actually appears quite a bit and even stuff done in studios you know like acdc recording in the studio or something mm -hmm. yeah uh, yeah i'm, I'm uh, hearing a lot of that stuff yeah it's a lot to think about that's why i love just writing songs and I'm kind of like uh, adopted the attitude of Steve Vai where, and Eddie Van Halen did this a lot, and so did uh, the guitarist for, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of them, but the ones that stick out to me, uh, the guitarist for Boyva that died. Piggy. You know? Yeah. What was it, Piggy? Yeah. Yeah. Is it Piggy? What were their names? Dennis DeMore. What was the, sing Piggy, what was the singer's name? Snake. Snake. Piggy. So anyway, when Piggy died, he left on his laptop, and now, and I'm sure that uh, um, Wolfgang Van Halen is has the same task ahead of him. Mm -hmm. But uh, just record whatever ideas, even when you're practicing. They would record riffs they're practicing, and they may never use them ever. Mm -hmm. But they just have a library of their own riffs and stuff. Yeah, and. Uh, but Steve, uh, he records his practice sessions almost every day. And mm -hmm. he's like, you just never know what something might be the exception to the norm, you know, and you just really, really like it. And then you have it, you know, mm -hmm. Not going back, trying to find it again. Oh, yeah. Um, I've, I've finally started recording all of my, not, not just, I mean, yes, I record my songs, but I also record the, the uh the is it the session is that the word yeah the, uh, yeah outtakes well just so i can go back and and you know okay so that sounds great except for that well like today i had an example uh I, I put this song up on the podcast one of the podcasts did yesterday and i was like good god my that fucking violin needs to go and sure enough i'd saved it so i i was able to Yank that bitch oh yeah, out. saving the file itself. But even ones like you may never, you know, just practice sessions, like mm -hmm. where you're, I don't know, more so with guitar than with keyboards or anything. Although a lot of times I'll start recording a song and just it just doesn't work, you know. Like mm -hmm. the, maybe the for one riff works, but I just can't figure out anything that goes with it that I really like. Yeah. So I'll just scrap it, but. Oh yeah, oh. but yeah, like Eddie Van Halen supposedly has tons and tons and tons of files of just him playing imagine. every day. Yeah, I can imagine. There's got to be some good material in that. And then Voivod, so the album they made after Piggy died was still all Piggy because mm -hmm. they were able to go on his laptop and find all these cool songs and put them together through editing mm -hmm. to make their next album. Just crazy, you know? Wow. Uh, that new guy, what they call him, Chewy, I think. The new guitarist for Voivod. He's really yeah. damn good. He's really good. Oh, I know. He can, he's a master of tones too. He mm -hmm. can get those piggy tones. Yes, he can. And, and he's good at also playing in that style where it mm -hmm. has a lot of like, uh, like 
lot of disharmony in it, but yeah. it works, you know, yeah. and the riffage yeah. they use. Oh, yeah. I love that about Voivod. It reminds me of um, the pianist Prokofiev, the uh, Russian pianist who came after Rachmaninoff and Tchaikovsky. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of Prokofiev? No, it's the first. He used a lot more of the what was in fashion at the time is using a lot of uh, like 12 harmony type stuff, which is really, to me, sounds like disharmony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they used it in a compositional way that just sounds cool. Like not all of it is just those kind of like augmented or demented chords, you know, mm-hmm. but they're in there at the right times and places to make it sound really cool melodic yeah. just like Voivod's you know they're I love their uh, just their kind of general sound you know oh god yeah those those I've tried to write several songs that sound more like that influenced by that kind of stuff Whoa. come up with some riffs that have a really like a the devil's chord kind of sound in it yeah oh yeah I know, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I was watching a video yesterday on composition on how to uh, apply chords, chord theory applied to uh, the uh, harmonic minor scale. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you like if you play around much with the harmonic minor scale. I what? Give me an example of what. Give me a song. So the harmonic minors. You tell you, is really the best way to describe it is that Eastern sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the regular minor scale uh, is really just relative to its major, you know. It's, yeah. And uh, core outside. Did those guys finish? I gotta. I'm gonna have to get. Hey, can, are we going to be able to do this in maybe two sessions? Are you going to edit this? Yeah, we can do that. You wanna? Uh, you wanna try? Well, to, oh, or do you want me to pause um, it? You wanna come back tomorrow? Or what? Well, I gotta go check. The plumbers are finished, so I have to. Mm-hmm. I thought we'd get more into philosophy than For just sure. music. <laughs> For sure. Well, how you wanna? But do? Uh, anyway, so the let me go. I'll, I'll play you real quick the difference on harmonic minor. You have to go get a part? Um, it's taken, uh, it takes forever for this to drain. I'm just sending him home to uh, get a part for our next job. Oh, okay. I was just checking on... So we're good. Let me try to set this phone where I can. All right. Tell me if. The, all right. So the regular minor scale, but harmonic minor has this gap in it. Has that kind of Middle Eastern sound, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All right. So to do that, you're you're taking one of the notes in the minor scale and just. Uh, 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 pushing it up so 
There's different ways to play it, but depending on the key, right? This is A. That, that little uh -huh. part right there uh -huh. gives it that little flavor of the... And of course, flamenco is founded on that, right? Yeah, yeah. But in Western music, there's a lot of use of the harmonic minor scale. So I was just curious what chords could be applied to that to try to write something that's just straight up, a, you know, where I could play that through the whole song. I've, I've soloed in parts of songs doing it, but I wanted to write a cool melody in a whole song just with the harmonic minor. Like that. I like that. Like kind of has a cool... Well, it, so it's, it's pretty interesting learning the chord theory behind that because you can play in minor it's easy to construct your chords you know but when you make a harmonic minor it gives you this chord right here which it sounds good in some flamenco music but this uh f sharp do it again uh, do it again transitional chord yeah well like he was saying you could go to a b it resolves back to the tonic almost as good as that fifth Jaco Pastorius or yeah it sounds like flamenco too much yes. like I'm trying to come up with something that doesn't sound so flamenco that still use that now Ingve Malmsteen if you listen to a lot of like that stuff he uses it quite a bit mm -hmm. he'll go into long extended solos and harmonic minor it just sounds so mm -hmm. cool but, never cared for Ingve. I saw him concert when g5 came oh. it was uh it's a pretty good concert it was in an amphitheater so it was way too loud i mean mm. like they had way too much ampage for that tiny little venue mm. but it was steve i ingry malmstein zach wild nuno Betancourt, and another guy that's like a jazz fusion guy that i that wasn't familiar with I mean, he was damn good, but it was way more jazz fusion than I, mm. I care to. <laughs> Have you? Jeff you know, Beck is about my limit on jazz oh, fusion. Oh, okay. Are you familiar with Toes and a Posse? Oh, no. Have you ever heard of Animals as Leaders? I have heard of them, but I'm not familiar with any of their music. Oh, they're worth, they're worth checking out. They're worth checking out. Um, he's, he shreds on that eight string, and it's... Uh, it's it's jazz metal, you know. Yeah. It's, it, it is. It's it's definitely something you gotta check out. All right, I'll have to go give them a listen. So, where did you want to take this conversation? Oh, I don't care. It's up to you. Um, uh, you, said, <laughs> you said philosophy, man. What? It's more interesting to me listening to. If I were a listener to listen to something more 
depth than trade schoolish. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Have you seen I'll start have you seen the uh any documentaries uh on Netflix? Do you have Netflix? I have Apple TV right now. I don't have Netflix. See, I don't know if that I'm not familiar. I think these are on Netflix, but one is called uh, Struggle. Mm. It's the art of uh, the life of this uh, Polish sculptor named Zaleski. Zaleski. Mm. And uh, man, that's pretty interesting. And then another one was uh, that I watched was Jim Carrey. It's been. 10 years or 20 years since Man on the Moon. Remember that movie he did about Andy Kaufman? Yeah. Man on the Moon? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is a... I don't know if you knew this about Jim Carrey, but he went like... Total, like he lived like he was actually Andy Kaufman through the whole entire filming of that movie. Mm -hmm. He never broke character. No. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty... pretty nuts. It is. It's pretty crazy to watch. But after wow. Jim Carrey did that role, he was never quite the same. He like mm. he's kind of anti Hollywood now. I've noticed that. Yeah, he's. He and in just... interviews, he says some pretty crazy, <laughs> trippy stuff, man. Like, you know, like on the red carpet, talking to them, going, um, "Are you really who you are? Am I really who I am?" Like all this existential, existential. philosophy. Yeah, ex he's messing with people. Oh man, yes. But that that is pretty cool uh, documentary to watch because it has. So what Jim Carrey did was he hired a documentary crew to when he decided he was going to take this role and do this mm. and live actually like he was Andy Kaufman. So he uh, um, they didn't want it released because he pissed off a lot of people doing this. He was, mm -hmm. it was not easy for any of the people involved. And so afterwards they were just like, Oh, we're just glad it's over. And so they shelved the documentary about it until just recently. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if it's been 10 or 20 years or whatever, but it's been a minute, but now Jim Carrey is being interviewed. Right? He's got his full on beard and everything now about, actually going through that experience and everything mm. so, like uh you know andy kaufman died of cancer mm. and so by the end of it when in the movie he's playing andy kaufman with cancer he's oh. actually living like he has cancer with all these people who've just gotten used to treating him like he's andy kaufman uh -huh. <laughs> like danny devito and uh -huh. you know all these actors in the movie um have gotten to the point to where they're used to this behavior from him. So it really was kind of like sad for them when he got fake cancer. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. And then he, he says in there too, which is interesting, like when it was over, then suddenly he had a hard time going to be like, okay, now I have to be Jim Carrey again. I have to quit acting like Andy Kaufman actually figure out who Jim Carrey is again. Mm. Like as if he were filling a role again, you know, like, and that's right. when he started really thinking about deeper, like existentialist kind of questions about what is our personality and how do we portray ourselves to the outside world and 
you know, comics are some of the darkest personalities. Uh -oh. You know. Uh, I know. And he played some pretty dark roles, too. Like, uh, and he, that's another thing he said is like every time I did a certain movie, I was almost like I was living in my real life the role I was playing to some extent. So I just decided to do it. Like in the Truman Show is after he got popular and his whole life is like a production, you know? Mm -hmm. And then uh, that spotless, what is it? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Is that the one? I don't, I don't know that That's one. a good movie to watch, man, where he has memory issues. But. Okay, speaking of memory issues, that brings me to a, an interesting topic we can bounce off of each other because I want your take on I was thinking about this I want your take on what do you think of this mandala effect shit the what the mandala effect the mandala effect or whatever it is what is that that's okay it's uh, this is it's kind of a new thing but it's a thing now um, hadn't you heard the shit it's like you you remember something but the whole thing what you're remembering is not at all the way it was. And uh, there's massive portions of the population that remember it one way and the other half or the other portion remember it a completely different way. And the way it is now, it's as though it's supposed to give credence to parallel um, universe theories. Like, <laughs> okay. Really? What comes to mind? Uh, what, when you think of the thinker, the statue, what yeah. uh, what pose is he in? What does he look like? Well, he's he's uh, got his. Doesn't he have his hand bent over? That's what I on his, thought. That's what or I on thought. his chin. Yeah, his chin or it's one or the other. But which is it? I'm trying to think now. I think it's his chin, isn't it? Isn't he going like this? Well, it's worth investigating. There's a bunch of these. I don't know, there. but there's a bunch of these not, out there. That's not. I don't see how that. Uh, I mean, the multi worlds. Thing is a whole nother tangent we get on but yeah the mandala effect though what you're saying that like if you ever look at cognitive biases mm -hmm. like humans like we're way more prone to errors as we think we are yeah and even one cognitive bias is that you you in your mind you're a lot better than you really are right mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe some people think they're i don't know but you know you tend to replay your memories more favorable to yourself than probably really happened. And I guess it depends on the case, you know, like uh, rape, maybe a trauma is not necessarily something that applies, but if you get questioned by uh, the police as far as a witness, they've exposed that a lot in psychology they've shown tons of experiments where human memory is just sort of jacked like we fill in gaps in memory with artificial stuff we mm. may replace something like maybe we've heard a memory so many times from our parents about something we did when we were little we actually think we remember it sure. in fact you have no clue what they're talking sure. about yeah <laughs> no I, but, I think you're right yeah so how you in the moment are experiencing the world is automatically going into the memory banks, you know, different than what you're experiencing. Like it's getting stored. Some of it's forgotten. Like, you know, if you ask, what did you do at 
10:29 yesterday, you'd be like, uh, I don't know what the exact minute. I got to come down to an exact minute what I was doing. Yep. You're never going to be able to do that unless it sticks out for some reason, right? Mm. Like so much of the stuff that goes through our perception is just weeded out and weeded through. Yeah. yeah. True. And I'll have, um, I'll think, I, 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 do you, do you dream a lot? Do you have? No, I, no. And I don't tend to, I don't tend to dream a lot and I don't really remember my dreams. Like I don't focus on them. Like some people really, they'll have to tell other people about their dreams, which is the worst thing in the world to ever do. Oh, that's like, tell me your, tell me your artificial story that has no good plot line and just weird. Tell it to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like people are morphing into other people in the middle of them. And it just has no, it's like a horrible storytelling to follow. Like, um i I think when you dream it's your uh it's like when you uh on a computer when you defrag it Mm -hmm. i think it's your brain just like resorting some of the data more efficiently let's put this over here that over there this kind of stuff get rid of this or whatever yeah. But I don't know, man. Some people are really into their dream state. Like I know of two examples. Lovecraft, some of his best stories came from dreams. And mm. um another guy I'm friends with, he uh his focus like a large part of his focus in life is to be able to do the you know, the silent lucidity where he's lucid dreaming, yeah. controlling what he does in his dreams. Mm-hmm. He's really into that kind of studies and experiments and stuff. Mm. I have vivid, very vivid dreams. I don't not lucid, not. I, I I used to think I was a lucid dreamer because I, I dreamt so vividly, but I I can't control it. It it's always. Uh, well, my wife's morphing. Yeah, it, it's 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 nuts, you know. It's it, it's nuts. But I'll dream, and I'll think I'm having a continuation of a dream, or I'll think I had this dream. Or I'm going into a dream Probably within a dream. But it's all bullshit. <laughs> like like Jim Morrison, it's all bullshit. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's interesting, right? It's, uh, it's definitely something, a fascinating part of human psyche or whatever it is. Because what other animal can... T- talk about like you see a dog dreaming mm-hmm. like well, i wonder what they're dreaming <laughs> probably chasing something right it's very yeah. minimal you know nothing compared to what we and how we dream and interpret our dreams with that psychology behind it and everything yeah yeah but, but my thing is i i really wish i could fly and a lot of times i'll dream about being able to fly mm-hmm. but there's always always the landing which is a little sketchy mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I have the same problem. Sometimes I can guide it and float back down, and other times I just freak out because I'm so high and can't control it. Yeah. That t- seems to be a recurring dream, so obviously it would be. But see, now you can get on your virtual headset and go do that kind of stuff. So virtual reality may make your dreaming alter too, you know. Do you have one of those Oculus things? Yeah, yeah, I got an Oculus. What's it like? Is it the thing oh, that I asked? I don't use it as much as I thought I would, but it, when I do use it, it's 
pretty cool. Cause it's mine. It's not yours. It's probably a book. Just go. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to get going. I, I actually, because they're all yeah. start getting noisy again. No worries. We, but you... yeah, let's let's try to do uh, another morning session. Okay. Get some, okay. Yeah, this, good. I'll uh, I'll edit this one down so that we can just do this in two parts. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I don't know how much of your listeners like talking about the music biz. But. Um, <laughs> well, they know it. it it's uh, part of the show because it's yeah. it's it's on every episode. But uh, you talk but I, about it. Oh yeah. But with you, it's it's different. They've come to expect something different with you because we we delve deep. Uh, <laughs> All right, yeah, we'll we'll talk because I, I I think it'd be interesting to talk about some of that uh, existentialism and and also the uh, that many worlds theory talking about the mandala effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's some uh, when you look at some of the philosophy behind it, the logic and stuff is pretty interesting, but all right. Oh man. Okay. All right, brother. All right. Holmes. I'll try to get in a good, uh, a good quiet spot again. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Later. All right.
Thank you.